Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Okay, today's podcast, I am really excited because I actually have a friend here with me and somebody who I know personally, and we used to work together. And you, my community, a healthy push, have reached out so many times and said, Shannon, I want something on pregnancy anxiety. And so I put it out to you and I said, What questions do you have? What do you want? You know, what do you want to talk about so that I can find somebody to bring on the podcast to chat about this? And of course, when I started to get the questions, I was like, ooh, I know the perfect person <laughs> to bring on and have this conversation with. So Jamie, welcome to A Healthy Push Podcast. Thank you. I am super excited to have you. So a little backstory, I'm going to have Jamie introduce herself because I will not do her justice, but we used to work together at an obstetric and gynecology practice and Jamie has so much experience in the nursing world and like literally labor and delivery in the practice, like treating patients on like start to finish. And so she's just going to be such a wealth of knowledge and really help us in this pre-pregnancy, pregnancy anxiety area. So Jamie, if you could just tell us a little bit about you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is so exciting to be here. Um, and I too, um, when I got the phone call um, from Shannon was just like, oh, this is like a dream come true, like a full circle <laughs> moment um, to be able to be part of this and, and to talk with your community. So super exciting. Um, I guess a little bit about how I, I got here and, and um, you know, what I've done sort of professionally. I, I started out my career in social work, actually, um, and worked primarily, you know, with women and adolescents and then um, had a couple of kids myself. Um, and through the process of them having some medical needs, especially when they were real young, kind of got more exposed to the healthcare space and in particular women's health and decided I'd go back to school um, and I got a nursing degree and spent, um, oh, I don't know, like about 12 years or so um, in labor and delivery as a labor and delivery nurse. Um, and that was just a wonderful experience and uh, loved loved that role, learned so much about, um, you know, just what women go through and what they need, certainly in that acute moment of bringing a child into the world, but really throughout their whole pregnancy and in the, the time period immediately after. Um, and worked my way kind of as I was working in labor and delivery, worked my way through graduate education, became a nurse practitioner, um, and then worked over in the outpatient setting as an NP, taking care of all kinds of GYN and obstetric issues, saw lots of pregnant patients. Um, lots of pregnant patients with anxiety and depression and really have an interest in that. Um, I finished my doctorate last year um, when and focused a lot on pregnancy and in particular um, substance use disorders that pop up during um, pregnancy or before the pregnancy. And so looked a lot at, you know, anxiety and depression related to that as well. 
Um, and so now I am in uh, private practice and loving that and um, excited to be here and, and <laughs> talk with you guys. Yeah, I am so excited to dive into this conversation, but I have to say one of the big reasons why I love you so much is because you have such a broad, you know, you have so much experience, but you really take a broad picture, like a look at things and you see the whole thing. Obviously you're, you know, you've had kids, you've gone through the experience yourself. You not only have that, but you've also helped and treated, you know, women throughout the whole process from even before they get pregnant to becoming pregnant to labor and everything postpartum. And you just take such a holistic approach and you really too focus on the mental health aspect, which I think is a huge piece that is often missing from a lot of the obstetrical care. So a lot of the questions that I got were really centered around more pre-pregnancy anxiety. Like I'm not pregnant yet, but I'm thinking about it and I'm having a lot of anxiety about it because I'm currently struggling with an anxiety disorder. And so even thinking, contemplating about becoming pregnant seems overwhelming in and of itself. And of course, a lot of it is centered around the unknown. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if it's going to ramp up the anxiety. I don't know if it's going to make things harder. Like, I can't handle any more hard. So, so many things. So I think let's just start, you know, if somebody is in this space where they're like, you know, struggling with an anxiety disorder and they're and they're thinking about becoming pregnant, like where would you even start <laughs> with that? What would you say? Yeah. Um, so definitely a actually a common conversation that happens in my office. Um, you know, as I'm chatting with patients, I see lots of patients that are um, you know, in that kind of late adolescent all the way through, like I would say mid thirties, sometimes even late thirties. And, and for them, that's, that's their kind of pre-pregnancy life. Right. And so, um, for the patients that actually bring that up the way that you're describing, one of the first things that I love to do is really just say, well, first of all, you are already ahead of the game in the fact that you are thinking that through that you're in a place of self-awareness where you have, you know, accepted and sort of looked inward and you're identifying, I have this struggle, I'm having these symptoms. And then you have the awareness to, to think through how would that affect me physically, emotionally, as a, as, you know, a pregnant person, but then in this parenting role, just the fact that a patient is mindful enough to sort of think that through um, is fantastic, right? Because we know that in general, a lot of what, you know, can be a real struggle during a pregnancy or certainly in the immediate postpartum period is that patients have not disclosed with their provider. They, they haven't talked about the fact that they're having this anxiety. Um, and that type of a patient, you know, that's really hard for the patient to experience their pregnancy in that way. And as a clinician to kind of pick up on maybe something seems like it's going on, something's missing in the picture, but you don't know what it is. So for the patient that comes in and just puts it on the table, mm -hmm. like that's one, one step in the right direction for sure. Um, so I, yeah. I usually start with that. 
<laughs> I'm so glad that you said that because it's it like enabling yourself to get that support. Mm-hmm. I think it is so hard though for many people to share like it and and to come to terms with it themselves of this is you know, sort of that bad, it's really interfering with my life that much. But to be able to open up, to be vulnerable, to have that conversation so that you can actually get helpful support and education so it doesn't have to be so hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, starting out with the fact that, okay, well, we've got step one is already kind of done here, which is that you're kind of identifying for yourself. This is a struggle and it's a struggle that I'm worried about and I want more information about how I could, if I choose to, how I might navigate the the kind of pregnancy time period and then, you know, the parenting role afterwards. Um, You know, starting with that conversation is great because I think particularly one thing I worry about, you know, patients that just walk into, you know, whatever provider they choose and say they're already pregnant, we don't probably do a good job at identifying people or giving them the time or the space to really talk about mental health in pregnancy. Um, I think it's getting better. But just for example, I mean, we, a lot of the common tools we use to screen for anxiety and depression are not really created for pregnant patients. And so they're kind of just tossed out there usually in a, in a prenatal visit or something like that. But, you know, in the background, we know they don't even work that well. Um, so I worry about patients that don't get identified, don't get asked and get far into a pregnancy or sometimes after a pregnancy without anyone really opening that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. It's so huge. And I think, you know, I don't know, I kind of, it's hard because obviously I've had a child, but I wasn't struggling at the time I had a child. But thinking back, you know, how would you encourage a patient to, to share that? Like if it's not something that, you know, is on a questionnaire or is not something that your provider is prompted, like how do you even open that conversation up? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the first things is, you know, what's the network that the patient has already? So for example, right, you know, at this point in my career, I'm, I'm not in an obstetric practice, I'm out in the GYN space. And so I have a lot of patients that I see, um, you know, some of them pretty quickly after a pregnancy, um, and then they're in their kind of active parenting years, or I have a lot of patients like what you're describing that are just contemplative, right? So I'm already a safe space. I'm Mm -hmm. in their kind of tribe, right? And so the first thing I would say is access who's already on your team and leverage their connections to who would potentially be your obstetric care team. So maybe you see a great, you know, um, therapist and they've been in that area for a long period of time, they've probably had other patients go through a pregnancy. They may know a really great nurse midwife or a really great obstetrician, and they can, with your permission, help to kind of, you know, start that relationship and open up some of that conversation. So that would be the first thing is, is use the people that are already at your disposal that you feel get you and um, kind of help have have them assist you with kind of like navigating that new obstetric sort of care space. Yeah. Um, that would that's what I would say. Start with. 
Yeah. I think that's so good because I think, you know, you mentioned something that made me think if, if you have a good therapist and you're in therapy, being able to open up and have conversations even relating to this. And yeah, I'm sure the therapist has some good resources. So that's an awesome tip. Um, I think for a lot of people, you worry, right? If if you're already struggling with intense anxiety, maybe you're experiencing, you know, panic, maybe you even are struggling with agoraphobia, you have this fear of like, I can't handle one more thing. And obviously we all kind of know like in pregnancy, you experience so many hormonal shifts. Like there is so much that happens inside of a woman's body. So people are often worried about the hormones, like pregnancy hormones, causing even more anxiety. So what would you say about that fear? Somebody's like, I'm just so worried that that's going to be like, you know, maybe a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we definitely know that for people that have never been diagnosed um, or, or even sort of self-labeled with anxiety or depression, that there will be a group of people that will pop up and, and for the first time kind of identify during a pregnancy and say, whoa, I'm, I'm like not, not feeling so good. I'm struggling with things I've never struggled with before. We know that. And then we know that people that have underlying anxiety or depression disorders, many of them will have exacerbations during, during their pregnancies. That second group, interestingly, um, I think by and large, when you look at a lot of the research, people tend to kind of overestimate, right, how how much their symptoms will go up during the pregnancy. And I think this comes back to kind of where I started, which is, you know, if you're talking about people that before a pregnancy, before they're actively parenting, have already started doing some inner work and kind of looked inward and they're already doing that, Um they're kind of ahead in the sense that, you know, they've already got a toolkit. And so we probably don't see these big exacerbations, big, big changes in symptoms like maybe sometimes people are are concerned that they'll have. The hormonal component of, of kind of some mood swings and stuff like that, when you look at, at that, there tends to be a peak with that pretty early in the pregnancy, sometimes before people even realize that they're pregnant. Um, and it kind of peters out by the end of the first trimester for a lot of women, not everybody. Um, but in terms of just that hormonal rush of kind of tearfulness or irritability, uh, a lot of people relate it to similar to kind of premenstrual syndrome. Um, yeah, you, that is a real thing. Almost all women will describe that. Um, but we, we definitely, when we look at people kind of doing symptom checklists and stuff like that, tends to peak around 10 or 12 weeks of pregnancy and then kind of stabilize after that. Yeah. I think you said something so good. <laughs> and it's something that people who struggle with anxiety disorders are really good at doing. And it's overestimating um, yeah. how bad things are going to be. And I think it's that anticipatory anxiety, that anticipation of like, you know, if you don't know and you can't have any concrete answers, you sort of just tend to fill in the blanks with all the worst case scenario stuff. Like I'm going to get pregnant and the hormones are going to be so bad and it's going to cause my anxiety to go through the roof and I'm not going to be able to handle it. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't know that, right? We don't know that. But it's really hard at least being able to acknowledge when that's happening is huge because you can sort of slow down and say, okay, wait, we were getting ahead of ourselves. You know, it's it's interesting because I know a lot of people wonder, right? I 
had Amelia when I was, gosh, newly recovered. I had maybe been recovered for two years. I found out that I was pregnant with her when I was like maybe a year, a year and a half recovered, mm-hmm. like a year. And it was it was intense. Like I remember finding out and <laughs> going to my therapist and telling her and I could kind of see some concern in her eyes. And I was just like, you know what? I got this. I had had so many tools. I had, you know, done so much work prior to and my I would be very honest and blunt. I think I've shared this before. My pregnancy was not planned. So it wasn't like I'm going to be at this certain point in my anxiety recovery before I get pregnant. Like yeah. no, I just got pregnant and then I was like all right, we're going to figure this out. But I sort of had all those tools, right, to say, I'm not going there with the catastrophizing and just ruminating. And I don't know what it's going to look like. And I sort of have to let go. And that was something that I learned to do very well in my anxiety recovery was I can't control it all. And I know if I try to, it's going to make things a lot worse. And you know, pregnancy is one of those things. You really you don't have a whole lot of control over what's happening internally. Um, but I think it is important, like you said, to recognize a lot of that does peak very early on. And that was true for me. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, how many more sort of, you know, intensities could I experience of, you know, just more of PMS, like to a level that I had never experienced before. But then it did fade and I was like, whew, thank goodness, out of that. Like, But that's hard, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so I think this is very similar to what we were just talking about. But I think a fear that a lot of women has have is that, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to handle pregnancy, like, because they sort of see, you know, the things that they struggled with and it being so hard and – they have this fear like I I myself can't handle it, but my body can't handle it. Like mm-hmm. my body is somehow fragile in some nature. And I think people often go to the place of like I'm scared to feel anxious and like panicky the whole time. Like I, I think I'm just going to be so anxious and panicky the whole time and I'm not going to be able to handle it. My body's not going to be able to handle it. So I'm curious what do you have to say about that? Because I, I get the fear, but I think there's so much here that can be helpful. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I think the first thing I would say is, is this is kind of a general thing, um, is for people preparing for pregnancy and then currently, you know, pregnant, and this is people with, without anxiety. I have a lot of conversations about kind of limiting research time and limiting, um, kind of, you know, and looking mindfully at like uh, sort of the tribe that you build around, right? So when people come in and they have a lot of questions or they're having a lot of anxiety and certain themes are coming up and then I begin to talk with them about how they're spending their time or where they're looking for information or getting, I will say, quote unquote support. And it's like, well, I was on this, you know, forum and I was doing this and doing that. Some of these kind of echo chambers, they give us all, as women, right, a very distorted sense of how common um, all kinds of problems and risks can be. And um, pregnancy is certainly one of those spaces. So, 
one thing I would start with is this whole idea that pregnancy is very dangerous or the sense of like all of the, you know, I would say like a, a, if you say you're pregnant, 10 people that will tell you their birth stories will be the 10 people with the most horrible <laughs> dramatic story to tell you. And every other woman that just had kind of this ho-hum delivery, everything was, they, they just don't feel like they have anything to say. So every first time mom is sort of like, they'll tell you stories about, you know, some lady told me in the grocery store, oh, you know, some horrific saga about having their twins or something. Um, so for all women, I think kind of thinking about where we're looking for information, where we're going to kind of ask questions and stuff. And it, are we kind of wandering into one of those kind of echo chambers, if you will, where we're getting a lot of feedback that can be kind of traumatic um, to think about. And then we get this even a worse sense of, you know, pregnancy is really dangerous. And um, so that would be one thing that I would say. The other thing is, it's kind of interesting to look at um, things in general that help us with our mental health and our self-concept to feel strong and centered in our own bodies, like exercise, um, like eating healthy food, um, tackling challenges, mindfulness, yoga, all of these things that you look out there and they're associated with just feeling stronger in our bodies. It's all good for what you're talking about. Um, in terms of pregnancy. So I would say if that's a fear with your, when you look forward to a potential pregnancy, then, you know, what has worked for you so far? Is that something you struggle with right now? You know, um, and when you've struggled in the past with that sense of sort of betrayal by your body or that you're not in, your body is, is very sort of dissociated from yourself, how do you kind of bring that into alignment? What practices have worked? Because most of those things are things that you can do during a pregnancy and, and it'll work. It'll be helpful to you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm just sitting here thinking, I think we sort of like create these two like alternate worlds. I don't even like really know what I'm trying to say, but I feel like we see the person like without being pregnant and then we yes. see the person with being pregnant and then we sort of think that we have to treat them vastly differently because we're pregnant. And I think that's probably because a lot of the messaging, the horrible messaging that sometimes is put out there. But I think like you're saying, a lot of times it is the basic stuff that you can support yourself with that will help you to feel stronger and to help you actually build that trust within your body because it is a lot of those simple basic things that can be immensely supportive, especially through something like a pregnancy. I mean, we all know, you know, I'd encourage if people haven't listened to the episodes I've done um, with hormone experts, like how important it is to, you know, really nourish your body and move your body and all these things that's supportive in all aspects of women's lives, especially when you're pregnant. Um, so I think that's awesome. And I think what you said before too is <laughs> every woman was probably nodding their heads at like, I've heard so many horrible stories. And I think especially if you're, you know, in a lot of Facebook groups or these, you know, quote, anxiety support groups that people can share their experiences of, you know, my anxiety was absolutely terrible and horrendous when I was pregnant and, you know, everyone has a different experience and also everyone's perceptions are different. 
And, you know, you're probably in those forums and those spaces going to hear the worst case scenarios. You know, like myself, it was, you know, easy breezy. You know, I don't want to say easy breezy. (laughs) Pregnancy and labor is not easy breezy, but nothing to really talk about. Like I had a very normal pregnancy. Like there were many aspects that sucked, but nothing that wasn't unexpected really. My labor about it, natural labor, no medication, like it was fine, like nothing, you know, but you don't hear, like you said, about those stories. <laughs> yeah. so, well, I mean, um, it kind of makes me think of, um, you know, the labor and delivery suite, right, in, in general. And one thing when I was, you know, once I'd been in L&D for a while training new nurses, and, you know, one of the scariest things as a, as a nurse in, in that new role is to kind of think about those first few moments after a baby's delivered and, you know, all of the things that you've learned in school might go wrong and that you might be responsible to help with or to assist with. And so it's, it's a very kind of anxiety provoking thing for even a clinician learning that, that new skill set and just reminding them of some of the statistics around like literally 95% of babies could care less whether we are even in this delivery room or not. They just pop out <laughs> to what they're going to do. You know, we do all of these things, but that's like a literal, that's an actual statistic. When you take your kind of courses about, you know, kind of labor and delivery and resuscitating babies when you need to, just sort of remembering most of the time, even though we train, it's like a fire drill in school, right? Mm-hmm. We train for it. We talk about it most days growing up as little kids our schools didn't actually have a fire. And so that's actually that all that stuff just in in the delivery room, even of thinking, because we watched, you know, Grey's Anatomy or whatever, that all this crazy stuff happens all the time. And, and really most of the time, that's not how it goes, you know, by far the majority of the time. Right. So true. So true. So I think a really good question and a question that actually so many people asked, which I was surprised by because I don't think I ever even thought about this, which is funny, right? For somebody who struggled with anxiety and panic for so long, I never had this thought, but I totally understand it. So people asked, you know, can anxiety and panic attacks actually harm the baby? So I'm pregnant and like, can all this anxiety and panic I'm experiencing actually harm my baby? So... If we look kind of at the most up-to-date research, which, you know, there's been a fair amount on this, I would say over the past decade or so, it is fair to say, I think there's good evidence that there's a couple things that do seem to be associated with moms who have anxiety during their pregnancies. And so we do see some lower birth weights in those babies. We see an association. So we always want to be careful with that when we're looking at medical research, meaning, you know, this seems to uh, appear with this other thing over here that doesn't necessarily exactly mean it causes it. There's a lot of other things that maybe moms with more anxiety also have in common that's contributing. But the things that, you know, look, we can all Dr. Google this information. And so I think that what is fair when all of that information comes popping up on your Google search what is fair from a medical perspective is that that lower birth weight thing and then maybe some increased risk of um, preterm, certainly preterm labor, um, seems to be there. And 
Other than that, though, interesting stuff they've looked at and really not found, no association between anxiety and C-sections or some of the things like diabetes or preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is interesting just because it's high blood pressure, right? So some people would just kind of assume, well, that, you know, seems to go with anxiety, but we don't tend to see that. So lots of things they found not connected to it, but probably, you know, a little bit of an increased risk for earlier delivery. Um, and therefore, I mean, some smaller birth weights as well. That's so interesting. Like, so dang interesting. Yeah. And I, I feel like I talk about this a lot, right? But don't, please don't go to Dr. Google. <laughs> there are so many helpful resources out there that will help to guide you, right? And I think this goes back to the beginning of having conversations with people who have, you know, the unique knowledge, education, like the things that will be helpful for you and not going down those rabbit holes. You know, before Jamie and I jumped on and actually hit record, I shared with her, like when I became pregnant, I probably didn't do the best thing. I kind of like put, you know, blinders on and earmuffs and I was like, I just don't want to know anything. Like I don't want to read the stuff about pregnancy and labor. I don't want to read the books. Like my best friend gave me a book. I don't think I ever read it. I was like, I will just handle it when it comes and I will go to my appointments. And if I have a concern, I will talk to my doctor about it. And, you know, it would have been worthwhile. And I know you're like, okay, Shannon, (laughs) you have to mention you know, it would have been really helpful to go to a couple of classes and to get some more knowledge and education. It's always helpful. But, you know, I I say if you're gonna, if you want, if you have questions, if you want to know more, go to the right people. Like, do not. Google will send you down every rabbit hole imaginable and convince you that all the worst things are going to happen and they're all related to people struggling with anxiety disorders. It's like, just save yourself. Do not do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that it's delicate even even getting involved in some of this research or kind of looking at these questions. And it, it, it sometimes is frustrating a little bit, I think, even as a clinician to answer those because you almost feel responsible that people are going to just spiral into a rabbit mm-hmm. hole with that information. But I think looking at what seems to be, like I said, a, you know, an association, the, the goal of that clinically is to then say, okay, can we mitigate that? Can we, so what helps that? What would lower that risk? And so that's the point of that research, right? Is so that we can be helpful to patients. And what we know is kind of, there's all kinds of interventions that we can make to then keep that anxiety, you know, um, sort of as controlled or modified as possible to build that toolkit, like I talked about, and, you know, to bring those risks down. Um, And I think the interesting thing is, you know, I was just reading something this past week um, and really um, the labor and, you know, the labor and delivery nurse inside of me was like, yes, you know, felt so validated reading this because it was talking about all of these different interventions regarding mental health and pregnancy, you know, whether that's looking at yoga or acupuncture, different things that people try and basically showing that it's so much more helpful during the prenatal period and the earlier in the prenatal or even preconception period that people put these practices into place and have these interventions, the better the outcomes. And that just kind of 
intervening in labor and delivery with like aromatherapy or something <laughs> yeah is actually has not very much measurable impact which kind of makes me think of your funny story <laughs> of sort of like you know I'll just get to labor and delivery and it's going to be what it's going to be and the nurses will just know what to do and really having, you know, the ability, I have one patient, um, you know, I still, I still see her, but I mean, just one of the most amazingly skilled hypnobirth patients I've ever seen. I mean, and God bless her because she's got a whole bunch of kids now. And um, I think she's able to use that kind of skill set to just really center herself and be this amazing parent. Um, you know, but I look at her now and I've like known her for like over a decade and she really built that, that skill set to just this incredible place where just being in the room, watching her birth experience, I was like in awe, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. I'm so glad you said, you know, it's important that if you are thinking about becoming pregnant, just that preconception or even early that you are, you know, making some healthy shifts. You have the awareness, you know, that the anxiety is going on and it's something that you really need to take a look at and really like taking ownership and what are some things that I can do. And obviously, you know, looping in your tribe, in your resources and doing that stuff because it really, it, you know, I say to, it's kind of mind blowing to look back, you know, I struggled for so long and to, to look back and say, my gosh, I had a, normal pregnancy, full term. I gave birth. I did it without any medication. Thanks to my mother who convinced me that that was the best choice. (laughs) And, you know, postpartum, you know, I I definitely experienced a lot of overwhelm postpartum, like as any mom does, but a lot of it looked very normal and not indicative of somebody who struggled with an anxiety disorder for so long. So, you know, I just want to give some reassurance there too. I think because you go into it thinking I've struggled with anxiety for so long, like it's just going to be horrendous and it doesn't have to look that way, but you definitely have to take some action. You have to, you know, take the steps and really be supportive of yourself. So I think, you know, something, the last question that I really want to get to, because I think it's such an important one, because there are many women out there who are on medication for anxiety. And that's, you know, an important element. It's another tool that can help you um, in your recovery. And I think it's important to talk about this because I think some women immediately go to, well, how am I going to handle pregnancy without medication? Like, how am I going to do this? I've either been on it for so long or I just started it because I really needed it. Like, so what what can that look like? Because I know you're going to offer some good insight here. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, firstly, the um, I think that a lot of people are not aware that medications are even an option during pregnancy. I think that's a common misconception. Um, and I've had patients just kind of you know, rattle off a whole little speech to me of, of why they're worried about getting pregnant. And they kind of summarize it and get to the end and just, and I'd have to go off my meds. And they've been kind of perseverating over that sometimes for a really long period of time. And um, they're kind of surprised to know that actually for many patients, um, they do choose to stay on their medication during pregnancy. Um, and that can be actually a really reasonable choice for for some people. 
the probably the the meds that we know the most about and that patients would find the you know most providers have a comfort level with kind of despite where they're at midwife ob kind of across the country people in general are pretty comfortable with the ssris um, so, you know, if, certainly if you're taking sertraline, that's probably been looked at the most in pregnancy. Um, so, uh, sertraline, Prozac, anything kind of in that category, if that's what people have primarily been using, um, we know a fair amount about those. They don't seem to be associated with any sort of, um, defects, congenital defects, heart problem, anything like that with baby growth issues, nothing like that. Um, we can sometimes see babies have a little bit of a transient kind of um, withdrawal from those medications once they're born. They're, I mean, any of us that have taken an SSRI, if you've been on Prozac or sertraline and then you stopped it cold turkey, you, you know, you don't feel so awesome for a couple days too. So um, sometimes a little bit of a difference in a little sleepy baby, um, sometimes a little bit more crying, um, maybe not as interested in feeding for a couple days, things like that. Um, but by and large, most of the medical community feels like these meds are safe. And I would say when we look at the, you know, we have to kind of hold up, okay, what are the risks of the medication and what seem to be not, not a lot of risk when we look at the research and, but what are the risks of having really, really bad uncontrolled anxiety during my pregnancy and kind of look at where the patient lands between those two questions, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the conversation that I usually have with a patient. Sometimes patients will go off them um, when they first get pregnant and see what that feels like. And sometimes, you know, six or eight weeks later, they're like, I'm actually doing okay. Sometimes the pregnancy hormones for them feel really good and happy and they're, and they're cool with that. Sometimes they give a call into the office and they're like, I tried that for three weeks and this and this and this is going on. Um, you know, I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. I'm not leaving my house. And we, we make a different decision. Um, you know, sometimes people go on half a dose, you know, things like that. Um, so, but there's definitely, I would say, have the conversation with your provider because there's definitely instances where you kind of have to walk that tightrope between, okay, these medicines do appear to be safe um, and whatever impact they have on the infant would be super, super short term right after delivery. So should I have really uncontrolled symptoms for nine months because of that? Probably not. Um, so definitely reach out and have the, the conversation for sure. Um, and, you know, there's some other meds that, like the antipsychotics. And if you're taking some, you know, using more of like an Ativan or a Xanax, things like that, that that's a little bit of a different conversation. We try to steer people a little more, you know, away from those meds. That's another example of like, if somebody was using a lot of a medication like that, but say they weren't taking an SSRI, I've definitely tried to do a little swap, right? Get them on something that's known to be far safer, maybe to get them off of this other thing over here, at mm -hmm. least for the pregnancy. Um, but definitely it's something that that can be used. And I have patients where sometimes they start a medication for the first time during a pregnancy too. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes there's reasons to do that. That can be really a, a tough choice for folks, but there's definitely patients where that is is something that needs to happen. Yeah. That's all that was super helpful. Everything that you have shared has been super incredibly helpful. And I'm just so happy that you came on to have this discussion. I know it's going to be really supportive. And I, Jamie and I have already talked, and I'm like, we're probably going to have to do round two because I think, you know, there are women who are pregnant. And I think labor is a whole nother thing. And, you know, postpartum is a whole nother thing. So there are so many conversations, I think, that you know, need to be had and need to be talked about more. So I'm excited. We, you know, if I get lots of feedback, let me know. I want to know, you know, if this has been helpful and what you would like more of. And I'm sure Jamie would be more than willing to come back on and answer some more questions. So absolutely, I love it. Thank you so much, Jamie. This has been so helpful. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. And um, yeah, thank you to your listeners. Yeah. Um, And um, yeah, anything I can do in the future to be helpful, glad to be here. I love it. And I will definitely link to some good resources. Um, If you're thinking about pregnancy, if you're currently pregnant, like I will link to some good links in the show notes to help you get a little bit more education and support that's not from Dr. Google. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at a healthy push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.